Okay, welcome to episode 16, or should we just call this episode 1 since we haven't had one in like a month? I think we can stick with 16, but yeah, we're back after uh, a nice three-week respite, which once again, we'll get into that later, was probably more than partially my fault. Which is okay, because part of that three-week respite gave us lots of content for tonight, so... Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt at least about for, that. At least for a change, we're going to have some actual live action to talk about. Yeah. I think what we'll start is... Let's just break down all of our fantasy football mock drafts and rosters. We'll do that the first hour, and then we'll get to the rest of the stuff the the subsequent hour. Yeah, I just did a uh, free Yahoo draft, and I'd really like to talk about wide receiver picks in like the 13 to 15 round range, just kind of break them down by potential targets for the year, sleepers. I think it's a good idea, especially if we're talking full point PPR here. Did you say something about a (laughs) four-pointer? Close. Um, but fantasy football wise, actually my dad, that's why I brought it up. He started playing this year for the very first time. So wait a minute. The awesome dong is playing fantasy football. He's playing fantasy football, not in a league that I'm in because he knows that I would crush him unmercifully. But so how does he get into fantasy football? If he's not in a league with you, he just decided on his own that he needed to start doing this. No, he knows some, some guys that, um, he's done work for and just kind of live around the area where he lives at. And they, they convinced him to play more than anything else. So, I mean, he literally came to me and said, I don't know how to play fantasy football. Like he didn't really understand the concept exactly. So we had, we had a sit down, (laughs) we discussed it. Discuss a little strategy. I put together some lists for him, you know, at each position. Anyway, so apparently after week one, it did not go really well. So like on Tuesday, I get this, I get a pix message from him that's just this spiral notebook with some names written on it, which was <laughs> his roster, followed by a text of, hey, put together a lineup out of this this week for me. I suck. So, so he's already given up after one week. Uh, yes, and that's the first thing I told him was, it's one week, buddy. So I was like, all right, I'll look at what you got, look at the matchups, and I'll tell you who to play. And like he has, I'm not going to get into his whole roster, but the, the other reason I bring it up is he has Eric Decker on his roster, who's playing tonight. And one thing I told him, like he wanted to bench like starting receivers and everything, just screw everybody, we'll just put in the bench. He's ready to burn the thing down and start over after Absolutely. one week. So I told him, I was like, you play Eric Decker every week unless he literally has a leg amputated. So here we are, like early second quarter of tonight's game, Eric Decker catches a touchdown. So I texted him and was like, all that guy does is te- te- catch touchdowns. And then he's all giddy. He's like, he doesn't just catch touchdowns, he catches everything. I have a man crush <laughs> on Eric Decker, so... So old dad is excited about uh. So that, did they? Did the uh, did the old timers put money on the line for this? Oh yeah, there's money. There's money involved. I okay. don't know how much, but I mean, I would imagine it was probably like a fifty dollar buy-in, something like that. But he's got skin in the game, then. That's good. Yeah, That's absolutely. Good so, um, and he plays like DraftKings and stuff, but he'll literally he'll put in like two entries in the the quarter buy-in tournament. 
Because he'll be like, yeah, I did pretty good this week. I won 75 cents. <laughs> Great, Dad. I tripled up. Man, amazing news. So Hey, that's pretty cool that your dad plays DraftKings, though. I'm impressed. Oh, yeah. He's all – he's smartphoned up, and he's got apps and everything. So he's – so he's got he's got apps yet he resorted to sending you a picture of handwritten notes of his roster. He couldn't <laughs> screenshot the team itself. Yeah, there was a spiral notebook and there was like a a quill pen and an inkwell <laughs> next to it and everything. So that's just my my fir- my first sports story I wanted to start out with. And then I guess the next well, that's thing That's getting pretty sportsy. I know. The next thing I just want to give a big thanks to uh the guys over at Partial Recall. And the guys over at Can You Hear Me for all the free publicity that we've gotten over the last three weeks while we've been producing literally zero episodes and recordings. It seems like we should have timed that out better. You you go on this grand publicity tour and we don't put out any new content. Yeah, we didn't have that aligned very well at all. But we've gotten lots of uh, free advertising and free shout outs and everything. So definitely... Uh, Thanks to those guys. Uh, if you listen to this and you don't, for whatever reason, listen to Partial Recall or Can You Hear Me, you need to listen to both of those on a weekly basis as they put out episodes actually every week. Um, this past uh, Sunday, the Partial Recall episode had some audio issues, which we can certainly uh, relate to, at least in our history. Yeah, that never that never happens with our show. Oh, uh, we've got that corrected now, but... Um, so we sympathize there. They also had just they had a third guy join them this last week, just some pompous, self-serving jackass. But I don't think he's on with them every week. So usually just KJ just and some Clay. kind of spare guy they found. Yeah, picked him up off the street. Said you look pretty old. You should join us. So, but uh, otherwise it's just KJ and Clay over there, and they do a good job. I mean, other than you criticizing their audio issues and their choice of uh, guest. Uh, I was just offering up compa- compassion for both. Yeah, they're they're doing well. So, uh, speaking of, can you hear me? Um, we have an email. This will be our second email, I believe. Yeah, and it's from the guys over with uh, the Can You Hear Me podcast. Now, I don't know specifically which of the three this is from, but Tommy, this is uh, essentially directed at you. Okay. So, are you ready for this? I'm ready for it. Okay. It says, uh, doesn't have D or anything. It just starts writing the message. It says, tell Tommy, it's addressed to me, I guess. Tell Tommy to take a page from the book of Glenn and be a harvester of listeners instead of a deep sea fisherman who bludgeons whatever he catches until it's in a bloody pulp. (laughs) So just a bit of advice for you. Can you give me the email address of the person that sent that so I can write them back my thanks? Oh, absolutely. I will forward this to you, your Gmail account immediately. I'm only going to need two two words to tell them my thoughts on that email. I think thank you will uh, work out just fine there. Well, the last word is going to be you, so yeah. you've got half of it right. Well, you they've got a little bit of a point here. You You can be a harvester of sorrow rather than a harvester of listeners. Listen, some people are put on this earth to be a uniter, not a divider. I wasn't one of those people. Okay. That's Glenn's job. We all have our purpose and our plan. And I feel like, I feel like, and I don't want to tease too far ahead in this episode, but I feel like we have a real good example of Glenn being a uniter and not a divider that 
took place in the city of Baltimore, which we'll get to later. It was all about bridge building, but yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so the next thing, uh, Dave was not able to join us this evening, but Point Break Dave and I... And I listen, I tried real hard to book Dave for this. He, I, I really did. I, I talked to his people... I thought we had a real good shot of getting him on tonight. Yeah, he's really dodging us tonight for some reason, so I don't know. He might be tweak, tweaked out. You know, one of the reasons is I believe that I believe that Dave Ramsey's in town doing a seminar, so Dave may be laying low tonight. <laughs> Pretty much the man that stands against everything Dave believes in is in town right here in Dallas tonight. There's a very good chance that Dave's laying low. Dave Ramsey has has his snipers out in the neighborhood just looking for Point Break to walk out so he can just pick him off. Yeah, Point Break walks out of his house flanked by an army of uniformed Aaron's Rent-A-Center people. Oh, man, if you shot Dave, it just Rent-A-Center would just fall out of him. That's it. <laughs> They're kind of holding him up like they were Hillary before they pushed her in that van. They're just holding like <laughs> kind of a limp, lifeless Point Break Dave up <laughs> as they're going out of his house. <laughs> Dave and I attended a, a very significant sporting event on Tuesday night. Are you aware? Are you are you aware that did we a, did a significant sporting event take place within sixty miles of uh, where we live? Yeah, we brought home a championship to Dallas. A championship slash Frisco. And who who played in this game? Uh, that would be FC Dallas. And they're what a minor league what? Well, they're a major league soccer team who won a trophy that I don't quite know right now, but there was definitely a trophy there. So they have a professional soccer league in the United States? They do, believe it or not. Well, this is breaking news. So so where were they? Were they playing at like uh, Jump Mania and Murphy or something like that? It was back behind the Coles and Best Buy at like 75 and Parker. They just set up some cones. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy the Parker Road dart stop. I know it well. Yeah, and when everybody was, uh, you know, it was close because the, when the guys got off of work that day, they, that's where you drop them off by that Best Buy. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. I know very well. You could probably find you a, a pretty competent soccer team there at any point between 6 and 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um so I believe it was the Lamar. You got to be careful here, I guess. The Lamar Hunt Cup that we were playing for. Wow. Yeah, let's be real careful with that. Although, to be honest, just at first glance, just looking at the FC Dallas roster out there, I thought they might just be playing for citizenship. And that's why um, we had all-out effort. Okay. Um, can can we go on? We can go on, right? I, I think uh, we might need to append that email you just read earlier, uh, take away some of the credit that was bestowed upon you, because that seems very divisive to me. But no, I think there right now there are ones of subscribers just slow clapping in support of in support of my views there. So, uh, so FC the, Dallas won the whatever the. Super Bowl of Major League Soccer is? Uh, well, not exactly. This is like but a they played another Major League Soccer team, right? Yeah, they did. They played the okay. New England Revolution. 
Ah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, um, yes. Does Gronk play for them still? No, I don't. I don't think so. He might dominate though. Um, but no, this is like a separate tournament that's separate from league play. I can't get into all of that with you because we'll we'll be here all night. So is it is it kind of like? Is it kind of like in baseball when, like, in the month of August, they just start playing games against each other and count them in different standings? That's kind of what it's like? Uh, sort of. Well, that makes perfect sense to me. It sounds completely okay. reasonable. Well, then we'll move on from that. But we had uh, some pretty – I mean, you got to consider who you're talking to here. We had some pretty primo seats on the second row behind the visiting team's bench. So we got in – Oh, I have no doubt. With when you're talking about how Glenn rolls to sporting events, I figured you'd be on the. Well, bench. we tried as best we could. We got some. Figured they'd let you take a PK yeah, later in the some game. Some pretty good heckling in of the opposing team's coach, and there was a guy there that was I was one of the like equipment guys or assistant trainer or whatever for the Revolution, and he looked like a slightly just more beefy version of Louis C.K. And we were trying. I was trying to yell. I was well. We were yelling that at him, Louis C.K. references, but he couldn't hear us. Um, but you didn't yell Cinnabon at him. That's what I wish he was the coach walking around because we would just run through the whole Cinnabon routine and you know whether you want the the cup of hot jizz on there or not. Of course you want it. Of course it, you, you do. Know? Yeah, of course you can't turn that down. So we'd run through the whole routine with him, but. It was funny enough that one of their assistants looked like Louis C.K. out there. But, yeah, we helped uh, FC Dallas bring it home without us there. Like 20% chance at best that they win that game. And Dave won some money gambling on it, so he gets to pay the rent through October, I guess. Wow. So was the uh, game well attended, or was it just you guys there? 16,000 strong. Wow. That's unbelievable. The place the place was full and it didn't start until nine o'clock. What's up with that? TV. Do you do you know what? Okay, this is this is the state of <laughs> they can't the show it during normal hours because if it was like up against reruns of diners, drive-ins, and dives, it would get register a zero point zero. So they have to wait till nine o'clock. Hey, that's a good segue for later too. Um, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, it is. I forgot yeah. about that. It's a great segue. So, that was unintentional. Uh, We'll get into that. The last thing about FC Dallas. The reason it started at 9 o'clock, TV reasons, and it's because ESPN's got that contract with the WNBA. we got to get that 7 o'clock primetime women's basketball game in first before we go to MLS. Fringe sports, uh, fringe sports all, all around. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one for, the, for Major League Soccer. And then for those that were at home wanting to watch it, of course, the WNBA game went into overtime. <laughs> so those that were trying to watch it on TV, I don't think they could pick it up till it was about 25 minutes and three goals in. So, Are you kidding? So they didn't move it to an alternate channel? I think they did. Um, but being there in person on the second row with my Budweiser and my soccer ball cut in half full of nachos, I didn't really care at the time. Is that for real? They have a soccer ball cut in half full of nachos? No, but I, I asked. That would be amazing. I asked at the concession stand if they did and just got a a very courteous smirk and a no. But we have regular <laughs> nachos. So we just uh, we just went with that.
I feel like we're segueing all over the place because the uh, batting helmet, full-size batting helmet full of nachos was a big player, too. Yeah, that will be a big player. So let's get to why we're here, which is yes, let's baseball trip 2016. So do you want to set the and what stage? what trip it was. Do you want to set the stage for um, where all we traveled to and essentially who was in attendance? Absolutely. So... This is depending on uh, if how you how you count. This could be considered baseball trip number four all time, although the cast of characters did change slightly. But we're loosely trying to make a pilgrimage to every big league ballpark. But right now, are limiting it to um, ballparks that we actually have some interest in visiting the city and the park. AKA, we're not going to Tampa Bay yet. So we can we can drive this trip, gosh, probably six months ago, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because I think we actually referenced it in episode one, which was like in mid-March. So I think, yeah, I think six months is pretty safe. Which is crazy, yeah. So we've had this, we've had this thing on the books for a while, but the, uh, the plan is it, it ended up being uh, six of us in our travel party, including myself and Glenn and Point Break Dave and three of our other buddies. Uh, who we'll we'll get to in some uh, some form or fashion here in a minute. But the the general premise of the trip was we were gonna uh, take advantage of the Labor Day holiday on Monday. We were gonna get on a Southwest plane out of Love Saturday morning, fly into Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and take in a Pirates game at the beautiful PNC Park. Spend the night in Pittsburgh and then jump in our minivan, all six of us drive the uh, three and a half to four hours to Baltimore, visit Camden Yards for the controversial Sunday day game, spend the uh, entire rest of the day in Baltimore, which we will probably spend a lot of the discussion talking about, and then, uh, yeah, get up on Memo- or on Labor Day, uh, make the very short 45-minute trip from Baltimore to D.C., uh, take in a Nationals day game, a 405 start, I believe, uh, then spend the night in uh, Washington, D.C., do a little sightseeing, and uh, jump on a plane Tuesday morning and head back. So it was a it was a trip built around baseball, as it non-stop should be. baseball, uh, in three pretty cool ballparks that none of us had ever been to, and probably two really cool cities in Baltimore. So to add just a couple, <laughs> add a couple other just odd dynamics to the trip. So party of six traveling together we've got one guy who insists on having his own room doesn't want to share a room with one of the others on the trip but being the good sport that he is he offered to carry the weight of the uh, second room because we were, weren't going to ever put three people in one room so the plan was two guys would share a room Two guys would share a room. He would have his room by himself. And then the wild card extra room would go to the guy who, in his estimation, earned the room the most during the, the course of the day. Yeah, with no specific, specific, specifically defined parameters whatsoever. Correct. And he just felt like he knew it when he saw it. Yeah. He knew when somebody was trying to earn the room. Yeah, and... I think he did, and we'll have to make up some fake names as we go along maybe, but uh, I think he did a rather poor job at giving any type of, you know, goals to to reach for or anything like that as to how to earn this extra individual room. Although, 
it definitely came in handy on at least one night that he was able to just give the room to a particular person. And really, that particular person probably earned the room into perpetuity for any trip ever taken from I, that day forward. I like to hear that. And, of course, going back to kind of your setting the stage here, uh, what you know spells out just more generic white married guys on a baseball trip than traveling together in a minivan? Oh, I know. And I'm so glad we did it. I think the original conversation was, well... We can get two cars, but you know what? There's nothing better than rolling up to a valet and then just piling six people out of a minivan. Yeah, <laughs> it was two amazing. Car- nah, two cars, uh, bad decision, coach. Well, and it turned out, uh, as it as it worked out, we really wor- weren't relying on the car very much except to get us between the cities. Once we got to a city, we pretty much exclusively relied on uh, public transportation and walking. And because of the downtown, the greatness of the downtown ballpark too yeah absolutely which we got a a full compliment of on this trip so let's go uh yeah let's go blow by blow here man let's let's start let's start in the uh in the i'd never been to pittsburgh and actually my my take on it was i really liked the city i thought it was cool the the topography was different than what i expected it was it was actually really a pretty i really got a pretty good vibe there yeah you drive in on the on the highway, and you're basically out in the, the countryside, beautiful country, and then you approach essentially a, a tunnel, and you're just driving along, and when you come out of this tunnel, you are literally, like, you were already, like, in downtown pretty much yep. immediately. Like, we drove out of there, and you, you know, whatever skyscrapers, whatever they got, major highways, and you look to their left, and, like, Heinz Field is right there, and PNC Park is just there to your left as you enter the main part of the city so yeah i think it was i thought it was unfortunate that we were really only there what half a day because we had to leave the first thing next morning we didn't get to spend much time in the city and i kind of really wish we would have got more of a chance because i really really liked it but we did i guess a couple things we discovered our hotel was literally right next door to the venue where the penguins play it was literally connected to the Penguins Arena, which we had no idea. Yeah. We From the lobby of our hotel, there was stairs that said, to arena. So we could have walked under a tunnel from our hotel and ended up in the Penguins Arena, which was pretty cool. Well, I would have no problem going back to Pittsburgh, and I know that Dave would want to put a hockey trip together. So if Pittsburgh is part of that equation, we know where to stay, and just let me know what dates I need to book the the flight because i'm in for sure so oh yeah get, and they have a casino in pittsburgh too which is supposed to be really nice and we didn't even excellent. get a chance to check that out yeah no chance to do that so the first thing we did do once we got checked in was we headed over to Pramonte's for a nice sandwich that's what it's called nice, right yeah Pramonte brothers yeah. i think brothers that's and what it's it a is. it's a uh pittsburgh staple and they served their sandwiches with the french fries and this house-made coleslaw, the special coleslaw, just piled on top of the sandwich. So, of course, Dave immediately orders first and says, yeah, I'd like my sandwich, but please no french fries or coleslaw on the sandwich. Yeah. And the waitress just kind of shakes shakes her head. 
Oh yeah, and the, and the, so the waitress was was real interesting because I guess they have a problem with people just shoving their way into the restaurant. So she was pretty much acting like the bouncer at the front door and would not let anybody into the front door unless they were being escorted by a member of the wait staff. It was very strange. It's a pretty small place, but obviously popular. It, well, yeah, it was because we had to we had to wait in a, in a line for a while to get our table. And I feel like that was the first time. That was the first time that that some some feat was offered that could have per- perhaps got you the uh, your own room. Which was what? There was some there was some crazy sounding sandwich oh, on there yeah. that I think it was mentioned that yeah you go ahead and order this. I can't remember. I might get the room taken care of tonight. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was the one that had the like the thick slice of bologna on it. That was probably what it was. That might have been what because I was tempted. Because I am a bologna sandwich person, but I felt like that would have been wasting what could be my only opportunity to ever eat there. So the steak worked out quite nicely. Yeah, I think I think you made a good decision. I went with the uh, turkey, and it was good, but I was definitely uh, felt like you slightly out Whataburgered me there. Yes. So we went from there and walked. Uh, straight through the city and over the bridge to PNC Park and I'm th- pretty sure want to interject one thing we did okay. take a two-stop ride on probably the sparest subway I've ever been on you know what I don't even remember the subway ride I just remember it was free yeah it was free it was free because it was that spare and it only went a couple of, I mean it really only got us probably a couple of minutes ahead and there was only one line one direction it was very spare yeah well you get what you pay for I suppose. But uh, PNC Park, I think we would both uh, probably give about five thumbs up to this ballpark. Oh, my park. gosh, yeah. Just just the uh, when we walked up to the, to the stadium, which is right on the river, and they have that bridge closed down to car traffic because it becomes a pedestrian bridge on game days. So, you know, we're walking over the bridge. There's people, you know, vendors selling stuff, baseball fans everywhere. I mean, it's perfect weather scenic i mean everything about it everything about it was exactly why you'd want a downtown stadium i mean it was it was just beautiful yeah it's just all the things we don't get to experience here in arlington right and and i mean we were we were kind of joking with each other but there's barely even a parking lot for the for the stadium i mean it's just so different than arlington because everybody kind of gets there through public transit, through the spare subway, or walking. You know, it's just, everything's a lot more spread out, so there's not like this just big sea of parked cars. It's great. Yeah, I mean, at the, uh, I can't remember what the arena is called, where the Penguins play, that was connected to our hotel. There was one parking lot for that arena across the street, and it was about the same size as a parking lot you would see here at like a half-price books. Yeah, It had to be exactly. just for the players and like VIP, you know, media or arena personnel and that's it it's just crazy how different parts of the country how much less they rely on the automobile than we do here yeah so get to the game entertaining game against the against the brewers um i think put this out there first because it was one of the first things i happened to check out the only uh disappointing part about the ballpark were the bathrooms yes I, and i don't I, understand how they could build such a beautiful yeah, scenic picturesque I, park and mess that up that badly 
So how old is this ballpark? Is this ballpark more than 10 years old? No, no. I, I would say that's probably right about the right time. Okay, so let's say this ballpark was built in 2006. I felt like the bathrooms may have been constructed in like 1956. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like they just took out the bathrooms of like the, uh, the old stadium and just brought them over to the new one and didn't bother to bring the air conditioners that might have been attached to them when they no. brought them over. No, I mean, it's, you know, 85 degrees outside. It was probably 90 inside this bathroom, and it basically, if I were to describe the atmosphere, it would be like, I don't know, you're in some place where somebody took a dump in an oven, and they're, like, cooking it at 375 degrees. That's yeah, basically what I felt like in there. Yeah, it, no, it was it was it was a nightmare. But so probably for me, it was that. really the second worst thing of the night, not the worst. Well, we need to we need to direct message Andrew McCutcheon and see if he can do something about those bathrooms. Yeah, well, I so think between him and Gregory that? Polanco, they could probably get it figured out. I think from what we saw in that night, it takes a lot to get Gregory Polanco to do anything that he doesn't want to do. <laughs> it takes more than a, a ball hit scream, screaming at him for it to get his pulse to raise above resting level, that's for sure. So was there something worse than the bathrooms? Yeah, and I would like to call your attention to what went on behind in the row behind oh. us for the entire game. Well, they can't do anything about the other humans there. Well, these humans should not have been allowed to come to the ballpark. It was it was mind-numbing. It, apparently it was a... a college-age girl and her friend that were home for Labor Day. Hey, and apparently she hasn't spoken to her parents since she went off to college because the conversation was literally that of two people that had not talked in three months and that decided instead of enjoying a nice meal at home, they decided to come have that conversation right in our ears at a high decibel level at the ballgame. Well, they talked for two to three straight innings about some mystery of who stole some beer out of a cooler. Yes. And then I think it went downhill after that. And I think one of our members, we'll just refer to him as Mr. K, had had enough. And I think he was tempted to turn around and uh, do something about it. But made the right decision and, and did not do so. It's probably a good thing that Robbie Gordon's dad wasn't there. <laughs> There's a top, there's a very timely reference. Unfortunately, the only person that's listening to the show that will get that is me. <laughs> people can but I'm I sure people can, can Google Robbie Gordon's dad and they'll get that entertaining but uh, a little bit of a morbid reference. So in indeed, we want to we want to move on just a little uh, bit quickly. Really, my last my last thought um from PNC was they had, they had tons of bits. Some of them were really bizarre. They had a great they had a great uh, Francisco Cervelli bit though, where he took love questions from female fans. You know, like okay. read emails. That was really funny. The uh, one where you had to just see how long you could vigorously shake your head. That was a little strange. And then the one then, where you had the long cylindrical object. Yeah. So basically, that was really strange. I don't know what that contest was for, but it was to win something. Let's say it was a Permonti Brothers sandwich, and we had like a, what about a 13, 14-year-old kid? 
Yep. And Pirates first baseman Josh Bell essentially like shaking a shake weight for yes, two it's a very straight. good way to describe it. Yes, and it was 120 seconds of awkwardness, and it was exactly like you're picturing it. Yeah, extremely. And we were just phallic. looking at each other, and yeah, I mean, nothing needed to be said because a picture, you know, tells a thousand words. But it was pretty funny that the one that Josh Bell was holding was like twice as long as the one the kid was holding. But yeah, people can look up Josh Bell too, and they can get that uh, get that joke too. Yeah, the but joke would just get funnier. Yeah, so if it wasn't funny uh, already. Park in general, thumbs up. Definitely thumbs up that they went to like thirty thirty five thousand capacity instead, yes. instead of you know having maybe an entire left field section that's just completely empty ninety percent yep. of the time. And minimal outfield seating. And the, the other thing I loved was in right field, how where the right field wall is, and it's a little taller than, you know, center or left, but, like, the the seats, bleachers, whatever, are, like, right on the wall. Like, there's hardly yes. any space between the wall and where the where the fans are seated. And that is, I mean, you were right on the field. We had good seats, like, down the first baseline. Uh, whoever got the tickets, obviously a genius, but... Um, I would have had Step no problem breaks. sitting in right field behind Polanco and just observing how utterly lazy he was. <laughs> I think that's what's great about a stadium that size is that you don't you don't have that just beat down of an outfield seat like we do at Globe Life. So after that, game's over. It was a night game. We had an early rise to drive four hours to Baltimore. So there's no other real action in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, other than the, the lady in the minivan that pulled up and slid the sliding door open and asked us if we all six wanted to jump in. Yeah, to get us wherever we needed to go. And I didn't see any type of uh, cab driving license. There was no signage no, on this random that, vehicle. That was a really strange, really strange event. But yeah, other than that, we, we really kept it pretty low-key that night because we knew that we had a big day tomorrow getting to Baltimore. Yes, and we knew Baltimore would be day night as a whole was going to have some big things in store for us. So obviously we don't no need doubt. to we don't need to cover the drive from Pittsburgh to Baltimore. So we get to no, Baltimore. Other than just to say that when you're in that part of the world and you get on those turnpikes, which I've made this mistake before, if say you haven't had breakfast yet or you desperately have to go number two mm, good it point. could be 45 minutes to an hour before you see an exit yeah this is not driving you know on i-20 from you know dallas to tyler where there's an exit every two and a quarter miles with you know a texaco that has an arby's attached to it uh you got to do some searching to find a place to to eat or go potty yeah yeah but other than that i think it was a pretty uneventful trip yeah so, uh, Baltimore, we get to Baltimore. I think by the time we got there, the number of references to the wire was somewhere between 20 and 25. And hey, ones gotta that watch I watch out for the Barksdale crew, man. Yeah. And ones that I got was between like one and two, but, um, so we got that out of the way. That's on you. I, That's on you. Just give me, give me time. I've got like 18 shows to watch and then I'll watch the wire. Not that I don't have respect for it. It's just I'm not in a hurry. Well, you gotta you gotta get on that. So uh, day game at Camden Yards, and this is a ballpark that's been around for twenty plus years. 
you've seen on TV. It's I think it was. It's pretty comparable in age. I think it's just yeah. a little older than our next park. to the just next to that, that old warehouse they built it next to, which looks pretty cool. I thumbs up definitely to this to this park as well. I didn't like it as much as PNC, but altogether, it's a good park. Yeah, there, there's really nothing nothing to dislike yeah. about it. I think like you, I liked PNC a little better. But uh, but no, I mean I think, and I really do think in a lot of ways it was it was really a, an important park for all of baseball because I think it really did usher in that era of kind of paying o- homage to the the olden days in, in some of the things, which I think is cool. Well, and we got away from all the cookie cutter, you know, parks like Riverfront and Veteran Stadium and uh, Three Rivers that were all basically built exactly the same. And let's put AstroTurf in there. Right. You started adding right. some real character elements to these things, which right. I think, yeah, so, which is cool. Um, so went to the game there. I'm trying to think of things that that stood out. Well, we, we discussed the, the Cal Ripken-Kevin Costner story. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I think we did touch on that. And, and confirmed that that actually yeah. probably really did happen, which is I awesome. I think the other... Uh, I, remember, I remember we were... It was pretty hot there. True. Day game. During the it was game. about ninety degrees outside, and I think we got some, we got some local fare. We got the kettle chip nachos yeah, was, or whatever they were. Uh, but I think that uh, one of us got like with the pulled pork on there, and you and I went with the uh, like the buffalo chicken. Yeah, nobody went with the jumbo no, lump it's crab. Probably meat. a good thing. I mean, I went with the chicken, and I went with like the large portion instead of the regular, which was. An extra large portion, so I ate like half of it during the first part of the game, and then it kind of sat there for a while, and then I ate the rest of it, and then uh, one Bad of our decision, trip attendees um, kind of reminded me as I'm consuming the last part of it as, uh, you sure you want to eat that? Because uh, it's been sitting out. It's been sitting yeah, out in the sun for a little while. The, in the heat of the sun for literally the last hour and 15 minutes. And I just kind of shrugged and just, you know, scarfed it all down. And Put yeah, another chip in your mouth. I'm going to be honest. I never really felt like too nauseated, but maybe it was just because he said that to me and I was just thinking about it. But Yeah, they plant yeah. that seed in your mind and then your mind goes to work and you start thinking, oh man, did I just, did I just give myself food poisoning here or what? Well, I didn't feel that great. From then till we left the game, and even when we got ready to go to the uh, casino, and our first stop there was at Guy Fieri's restaurant within the... Uh, so, I mean, where would you rather go if you're feeling slightly nauseated than a Guy Fieri restaurant? I mean, really. Yeah. So, at the, it was a horseshoe casino? Yes, yeah. the beautiful horseshoe casino. And, oh, and hey... Thank you for all the emails you've been sending me, Horseshoe oh, Casino. See, I appreciate it. Platinum member right there. So so we get there, and fortunately, at uh, Guy Fieri's restaurant in Baltimore, they have literally the slowest cooking service you could possibly imagine. So whatever level of... I don't know that I've ever been a part of something yeah, that so bad. It, we should have known something was wrong because we walked up there, and I would say the restaurant is conservatively half full. And we said table for six, and we can see two or three, like right in front of us, tables for six. And the lady says, "Well, it's going to be about twenty minutes." 
And I said, why? And she said, well, we need to give the wait staff a little bit of a break. Yeah, it was, I don't even know if it was a wait staff. I think it was just the actual hostess needed like a 15-minute break. So we had to just... It was unbelievable. I've, I really don't know what to say. We had to, to just say. stand there for 15 worthless minutes. Yeah, and then they sat us at one of those tables that was empty the whole time right. we were there. It wasn't like they had a section closed down. They put us right exactly where I thought they would put so us. So fortunately, with that wait, and then the subsequent, would you say, hour to hour and 15 minutes, Easily. we had to wait for our food. Easily. I had overcome whatever foodborne illness had uh, had attacked me, and I had actually regained hunger. Um and because I was feeling a little iffy stomach-wise, I had gone very conservative and ordered the salad. A uh, nice yes, chicken, the Cobb yes, salad. a nice Cobb salad with, with some chicken. I believe I ordered yeah. the same thing for different reasons, but I did end up with the same thing. It was completely delicious, but it took over an hour to get it to us. I think got to, <laughs> to make a salad. Yeah, it got to the point that Point Break Dave was literally... Tweeting at Guy Fieri, how long does it take to make a hamburger? Which was quite entertaining. <laughs> it really was, because one thing you got to know about Point Break Dave is he's got a pretty well-documented gambling problem, and if he's if he's sitting somewhere where he can see a slot machine from where he's sitting, and he's he's being prevented from getting to that slot machine by slow service, he's yeah, not going to stay. I mean. That's unacceptable. Just to further that point, so we get there, and it's like, hey, it needs to be 15 minutes. Somebody needs a break. Dave can't stand there and wait with us for 15 minutes. He goes and plays the slot machines until we yes. text him and say, hey, we have a table. Like, he can't even sit still for that long. Yeah, and, and if, I believe he even pre- prevented us from getting our first order our order in the first time because the waitress is like, well, we'll, we'll wait till the rest of your party's here right. until we take your and order. Of course, we know what he's going to get. Which was the last quick thing that happened in that restaurant? Yeah, because everywhere he goes, it's time for hamburgers. The guy's not the guy's not going to live to see 2020 because he eats a cheeseburger for every meal. Yeah, there was no Cobb salad in his rotation. It was it was hamburger, ranch on the side, everywhere we went. Yeah, never is. So, um, so we spend a solid. Well, just being there, waiting for the food and eating. Everybody spent about an hour and forty five minutes there. Yeah, at least. And then me and one other member, uh, we'll refer to him as the the fake Austin Box. Uh, <laughs> we hung around because, as a as a big Texas Longhorns fan, the Texas Notre Dame game was getting ready to kick off. So the other four in the party went upstairs to uh, play in a poker tournament, and we hung out down there just to watch the beginning beginning of the game after you guys went to get all registered and see how if you could uh you know take down the tourney that's right so you guys go up to do that we hang out uh probably i think for the entire first quarter just in just in the restaurant and then we get up and we're like all right we'll walk around you guys are playing the poker tournament we'll find a table of blackjack or something that's got a tv next to it and uh we'll just do that you know, until the game's over, until you guys are done, and then we'll decide what we're going to do from there. So we walk around, and, I mean, I know you're dealing with Glenn here, but when I walk around and all I see is, like, $15 minimum tables, I'm a little hesitant. 
start throwing money I, down. I was real surprised to see that too, especially in a place that maybe not is doing as well as the city of Baltimore is. They had high limits on every table game. I mean, you had to you had to pay twenty five dollar minimum bet on craps. Two full tables of it running crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, my game is three card poker, and they had the six card bonus there. So that I mean, that's four spots to bet on. We're talking sixty bucks a hand. So yeah, that's insane. We were hesitant hesitant to do that, so we walked upstairs. Watched you guys play poker for about five minutes, and then we looked at each other. And we're like, "All right, what are we gonna do? We're in a casino. I don't want to play a slot machine, and we're not gonna play the table game." So I just said, "You know what? The game's on. We're early second quarter at this point. There's a bar down there with a with a you know huge screen with the, with the game on. Let's just go down there, have a few drinks, watch the game. You know, I'd probably." you know, piss away however much money gambling at a table. Let's just spend that on what I like to call fun. And uh, so we did that, and fun started to ensue shortly thereafter. Yeah, and I knew something was going on because at some point, fairly early or middle part of the game, Point Break Dave had made his exit from the tournament area. And... I started getting texts of, hey, you really need to get down here. And I'm still in the tournament, so I can't really figure out what he's talking about. But he keeps so, saying, like, you really need to get down here. You don't understand. So before we get to all that, when did you finally make your way down? It was, in, it was in comparison to probably, the football game. Probably seven minutes left in the fourth or so. Okay, so we were pretty well into it. So we get, yeah. we get, we get down there to begin with, and the whole thing is I just wanted to watch the game. And, you know, order, have a couple of drinks, and that's it. I did not expect Texas to win the game. You I keep using words like a couple and a few, and I, I'm really troubled by this. I, uh, we're going to move, move forward. Um, I didn't expect them to win the game. I certainly didn't expect a 50-47 to 47 double overtime thriller with just momentum and everything just building like an avalanche for you know, a two and a half, three hour period of time. So, um, so we, we get going, me and the fake Austin box, we sit down at the, at the bar and open a tab and we're having fun. And there's some people around us. There's some Asian people. Well, well, that that was after, why does it always have to start with that? That was after Dave came down. So me, me, me and, and, uh, Austin are down there, uh, just kind of hanging out. And there's some people at the bar we're talking to. We're talking to, to the great Maurice, who was working the bar that night, having some good conversation. And then before Dave comes down, I get a nice message with a screenshot of a DraftKings contest that Point Break Dave is in for the NASCAR race, which is like 80% of the way over. And he's in a $3 buy-in tournament, and his entry is literally winning $11,000. with like 75 laps left in this race, which if we go caution free, that ain't a very long time. I mean, we're not on a short track. We're way, way through this. So then Dave loses out in the tournament shortly thereafter. We're already excited about his winnings. And I tell him, I was like, get down here right now. Cause I'm excited about this football game. I'm excited. It, 
because of just other stuff that's happening. And I see my buddy's about to win 11 grand and we are going to buy this casino and then move it back to Dallas and just keep it, keep it here for ourselves. (laughs) So he gets down there. We're on constant watch for this race. We see the Asian couple across the way that are making out. It's real creepy, but that sticks in my mind. I'll never, I'll never forget that. And, uh, yeah, the, the tab is open and the drinks are flowing and Shane Bouchelle is throwing touchdowns and there are high fives and things are going very, very well during that period of time. So then we get to the second half of the game and things start to turn against Point Break Dave a little bit uh, when it yes. comes to his, uh, his little contest and his literal thousand dollars of, of winnings. And I think you had the insight on that. Yeah, in the NASCAR DraftKings, you're picking a team of six. And when you're talking about that $3 contest, I mean, there's literally 100,000 teams, you know, of six in there. So in order to make $11,000 or even more in that, there's no margin for error because somebody's going to have a better combination than you. So you could have five guys doing what they need to, one guy messes up, and you go from winning 11,000 to much, much less. So what happened to poor Dave is he had the number one car, Jamie McMurray. I know a favorite of yours. Uh, and uh, so he much. came in for pit stop and the crew missed a lug nut on one of the wheels, causing him to have to come back in to tighten the wheel, moving him from running in the top five to running in 21st. So... Dave sees his $11,000 payday turn into a $15 payday. <laughs> so a loose lug nut only cost him like $10,995. That's pretty much. That's really and, it. and if I know Dave well, and I've spent a lot of time with him, I'm sure that his mood turned south really fast. Yeah. And that was, it was going kind of, back and forth there because we were excited he's winning money and then he shows me his phone and it literally it, it went from 11,000 down to at the time just like $50 and I'm like oh get this guy a drink because he just lost all that money and then it turns out it was just because of pit stops so then it turns completely around and like a minute and a half later he's back up to like 10 grand and then I'm like get this guy a drink in celebration and then in the end he ends up winning barely enough money to pay for that burger at Guy Fieri's <laughs> restaurant. And it took two hours Dave. to get there. Yeah, poor Dave. Poor, poor he, Dave. He needed, he needed that money. So we but get past while that. he's having a bad night, things are looking pretty good for your Longhorns at this point. Uh, it's, looking, it's looking amazing. They get a big lead. They blow the lead. What a – just run the whole gauntlet of emotions. Um even to the point of them taking the lead late in the game and then having the the extra point blocked and returned for two points to tie the game. And that was at the point. See, I remember that clearly. I was not happy. And as hard as I was punching the bar, I can't believe I didn't, if not fracture my hand or my wrist, at least you know, <laughs> leave it with some kind of like major contusion because yeah, don't overrate your strength. That point. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> But uh, it was about this point of the evening that um, I was befriended my, by my 
friend at the bar for the night who decided just to sit next to me. And this guy was trying to gamble with me like on every play, whether it was for money or whether it was to like buy a drink or something. It was like whether they would get a first down or whatever. Obviously, I was being hustled to a certain extent. He was taking care of, taking advantage of my uh, mental capability or lack thereof, and I was having none of it. I had to fight off so many, you know, wagering offers. I can't even count them. Maybe you shouldn't have been so eager to fight them off, and you should have embraced them more. Uh, I think I think we had a few, but. I mean, it was like one out of every ten that was that was offered. Now, the one that I definitely did accept, which came back to haunt both me and Dave, yeah, because somehow he got brought into this. I have no idea. How. Well, he was getting pretty he was getting pretty rowdy down there too at this point. Well, towards the end of the game, we go into overtime, and the guy throws out the proposition of, "Hey, he, he's telling me the whole time Notre Dame's going to win." And he's like, "Hey, Notre Dame wins. You buy it was I think it was him and the girl he was with. He was like, "You buy us a shot." He was like, "If Texas wins, I'll buy you. I'll buy you and your buddy a shot. <laughs> you and the so, girl you're with." <laughs> yeah, Dave. So right. uh, we all know what happened. Tyrone swoops, terrible quarterback, great runner, uh, scores the winning touchdown to to clinch it. And this guy orders the shot, and I'm not sure a larger shot of tequila has ever been poured into a cup before. Yeah, that say, was it. Was a little it was a little ridiculous. Yeah, and then my next mistake, other than just drinking it, was drinking it in a single instantaneous gulp, as if it was just a nice little plastic cup of water after I went for a, you it, know, it wasn't Jose Cuervo, it was Jose water. Yeah, exactly. Um, and at the time everything was good, but it was just a ticking time bomb for later. Well, and I believe, I believe your next words after that were, let's go play three card poker. Probably a good thing that I was deterred from doing that. But your, your new friend's, looked at me and uh, a couple of the other more level-headed members of the party and said, you need to get your buddy out of here. Yeah, they knew. They knew, they knew they things were not heading in a positive direction. Yeah, they, I think they could recognize that Mr. Sandwich was in charge and uh, he got us out of there in an orderly fashion and back to yeah. our four-star hotel. Yeah, but I do believe that you on the drive back did try to wrestle the steering wheel away from me and demand to drive, which was awesome. Uh, at this point, I'm going to have to say, if you say so. It did happen. And you hugged me twice and said, kept saying 50 to 47. 50 I was really excited. Hey, I have not, I have not celebrated or enjoyed a Texas football game or a victory, you know, since, uh, Colt McCoy sustained, sustained that very mysterious follow-the-money arm-slash-shoulder injury in the championship game against Alabama. Like, since then, I can't remember a game that was that exciting or I enjoyed uh, that much. So I, a lot of it was just pin-up frustration for the last uh, six years or so. 
Well, you let it all out. There's no doubt about that. I did. We got back and uh, no police were involved. And and you were clearly awarded your own room for the night because of oh the heroic gosh. work that you did. Actually, I had already been awarded that room for, I can't remember why, before we even left. But uh, if there was any doubt as to who earned it that night, you earned it. I was, I was Usain Bolt just pulling away from the field and just looking back and smiling. That's right. So, so, we, so we, I believe we, ahead. yeah, no, I say I believe we stopped by the hotel bar, got you a large water and instructed you to consume it, reminded you uh, what the name of your room was. <laughs> the, the name of it. That was the specific phrasing you used is you said, I can't remember the name of my room. And we reminded you that it was 1502 and we got you put behind your door with your large water. And I got Dave into his room and got a text from you pretty quickly that said, I I may need some help in room 1502. (laughs) And I wasn't sure the level of seriousness, but I kind of felt like there probably was. I wrote back something about like, do you really need help? And nothing. Radio silence. Yeah. Um, Now keep in mind, at the end of the day, I I deny all of this because none of this could be proven in a in a judicial setting. But um, going to bed that night, I yeah. So I you need to walk me through what happened after that unresponded text. What what happened next after that? How did I, how did the rest of that work out for you? I'm not really sure exactly step by step. I know I woke up the next morning and had one to two other text conversations that I don't remember. Oh no. Um, but it was okay. It was people that were texting me to, uh, see how excited I was at the result of the football game. Um, so nothing weird. It wasn't like my grandpa or something like that. Um, or somebody from the high school reunion. <laughs> no, no, nothing, nothing of that nature. But, um, other than that, the only thing I was concentrating on was uh, living through the night and uh, making sure that I didn't sleep on my back and Jimi Hendrix myself. Yeah. And while you were doing that, in the bed next to me, Dave was doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Except so, he wasn't as successful as you because I would say about 30 minutes after he got into bed, I hear him get out of bed, go into the bathroom, and then emerge about an hour later so the saying, thing is well my 14 year no vomit streak is over yeah see the thing is is he did probably the smart thing purged it all got to sleep he's fine the next day i did the opposite i fought through that and then basically was left to fell like a the walking dead for the entire next day that we were in Washington, DC. Yeah. And before we get to your overall demeanor and countenance the next day, I I will say that somehow after all that, Dave actually managed to get out of bed in the morning before me and was down in some square in Baltimore with half our traveling party having breakfast. So I look at my phone and it's, 
about 10 o'clock and, and I didn't, I, I had not had much to drink at all the night before. And so I, you know, saw a couple of texts from Dave and said, Hey, you know, if, if you want to meet us for breakfast, here's where we're going. I was, you know, an hour before. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll just go have a nice shower and go down to the restaurant in the hotel and have breakfast. So I get in the shower and uh, everything looks fine. looks good. looks normal. Well, then when I go to pull the shower curtain back, it's uh, then that I realize that underneath the shower curtain is all the residue of Dave's vomit that he forgot to clean up from the night before. Oh, no. He and it was disgusting. It was terrible. He threw up in the bathtub? He threw up in the bathtub. Because <laughs> I heard the shower running at some point, and I thought, well, maybe he just felt bad and thought, you know, a shower. Well, no, he was running the shower to try to wash down the evidence of all the vomit. I thought you were going to say you pulled back the curtain and it was Dave and they're just all curled up. <laughs> it may have been at one point. I don't know. Wow. So that was the surprise well, that Dave left me. But I have to say no... that the next day, he seemed absolutely none the worse for wear. Yeah. Which is much more than we could say for Glenn 311. Yeah, I can't say the same. I think I uh, fell asleep around the 3 o'clock hour and I I don't know how long I would have slept because I, set, I knew we had to be out of there by eleven. Right. So before I went to before I went to sleep, I set the alarm for like ten thirty five, and went to bed about three. And it was one of those like I didn't move, roll over, or anything. And the only reason I woke up was because my phone was right next to me, and it went off at ten thirty five. Now I made it down. I was downstairs by eleven. You know, I remember we were all, and all five sitting downstairs and we're discussing how we were going to go up and get you out of your room or if we were going to need to call the police to do a welfare check. <laughs> now, I made it down. We were we were good to go, but I was not. So was there any point when you're walking down through the lobby and you're thinking, okay, so I've got to get in this minivan and hold it together for a trip into Washington, D.C.? I think I was okay for the car ride and everything. I think it was just taking on the entire day as a whole and transporting to the ballpark and then sitting there and watching a baseball game for three and a half hours, which I enjoyed. I was just I was just running on empty more than anything else. Yeah. So let's go let's get to the ballpark so then. I guess we'll kinda yeah, I was say we'll kind of we'll kind of skip through. We we did a little sightseeing in D.C. We we get on the the metro train, which was pretty funny. Us trying to figure out how to buy a metro card, figure out where to go. I think the funniest part is, unlike Pittsburgh, which literally had one place to go, metro's got upper platforms, lower platforms. It's got lines running every which way. So we we finally identify that we need to get off at the stadium yeah, stop, or we, so we think. So we all get on the train. Uh, we're having a nice conversation. We're, we're jammed in there pretty tight. And then was it you that points out uh, as the train's pulling out of a station, Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, every single person wearing a Nationals jersey just got off the train. Yeah, I, th- I don't remember if it, was, if it was me or not, but that was definitely the observation. I know one of the more complicated parts of the day was just purchasing the – metro card which had like seven steps of instructions to get it and at that point i'm just looking at this this sign or billboard or whatever and to me at the time it looked like advanced calculus i was just staring at it like i can't i just can't do this right now i just want to get on the train 
So I needed a little assistance, which I got. So, but hey, that's what that's what we're here for, my friend. Yeah. So we get to the uh, the yeah, ballpark. So we, we get to the we well yeah we kind of emerge from the train and we're walking up to the park and it was it was quite a scene walking up there. I don't know how much of that you remember, but I thought it was really wild. Oh no, I remember. I remember all that, the, all the vendors, there was the two guys. They had, a, they had a kind of a makeshift rock band yep. just set up like, I guess they were, you know, street performers that just set up their amps and their drum kit and the guitar and were just going after it when you walk in there, which now, was hilarious. I thought that was a pretty cool scene, but... Um, yeah, I liked it. You know, it was also kind of weird because you had, you had the vendors and everything and it was... Uh, an area where it looked like they were trying to build up some commerce and some apartments and things like that. But it, keyword was trying. Yeah. Everything seemed to, to be about, you know, half to three quarters of the way completed. And it was like, they've completed nothing. We'll just complete everything halfway and then we'll figure it out later. It was, yeah, it was really strange. Yeah. So we get to the ballpark, which is a nice park, but again, uh, I think we all agreed that it was a, it was a ballpark that had a, logistically had a lot of nice features, but it was real, just odd how it's constructed. It was yes, a lot, of, a lot I, of good ideas that we just throw up into the sky, and then however they fall, we'll just build a ballpark that looks like that. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. And then the most heartbreaking part of the day was, we got to D.C. and got to the hotel. You guys went to lunch. I grabbed about a two-hour nap as uh, Brewers Cubs was on ESPN in the bre- in the background. And uh, my roommate for that night on the trip walks in as we we're headed to the ballpark. He's like, so you ready to go? I was like, yeah, just let me get my shoes on and stuff. And then he just subtly just includes, oh, by the way, Bryce Harper's been sh- scratched. He's not playing today. <laughs> and I was... And the the Johnny Cash, I hurt myself today. Just started playing in the in the background, and nothing was real anymore. <laughs> that was a tough one for you, man. You were having a bad enough day already. Like I know, we had I, to compound it with that. That is a tough thing. Had the Bryce Harper jersey all ready to go, and we had some you know prime seats again, and no Harper this time around. No, that was a that was a bad beat. Although we did get a, we did get the tease and was at the, well, like the bottom of the eighth as they get a. Yeah, it was in the eighth inning. Yeah. And he, he comes out to the on deck circle to pinch hit for the pitcher and whoever bats eighth in the lineup hits the softest ground ball ever to second base. And for the last out, Bryce Harper, Harper just calmly turns around and just walks back to the dugout as I'm like reaching at him from across, from across the ballpark. <laughs> Because I figured, I thought the way you kind of had it planned out in your head is that we'd go there, you'd yell something funny from the stands, he'd see you, he'd invite you to hang out after the game, you guys would become best friends. Yeah, there'd be like a montage at some point. And right. Like he would and none be, of that happened. He would be on the podcast with us right now. That was Right, it would, we would just kind of added him as the third member. That was the plan. So, yeah. finally have a reason to get rid of Dave. <laughs> Other, yeah, yeah, no kidding. But other than that, you did also get to visit a, a unique feature of the stadium, did you not? Yeah, so I, uh, about two-thirds of the way through the game, I just I couldn't sit there. I had to go just walk around. Didn't feel like eating anything, and I noticed, hey, 
there's a first aid station. Because the one thing I could I could not find anywhere there was, does anybody sell Gatorade in this place? And I thought, well, the first aid place might have Gatorade. So I walk in there and basically tell him that I'm just not feeling well, feel like I'm going to pass out. And I specifically inquired, you guys got like a Gatorade or something? You know, kind of kind of low on electrolytes right now. And they just kind of look back at me with blank stares and just say no, but, you know, kind of what's wrong with you. So I pretty much confessed as to uh, what the situation was and the, the cause for it. And they're like, we don't have any Gatorade. Yeah. Like, we don't have any Gatorade, but you can drink water. And I'm like, well, I've got water. That didn't really help me. Um, but I still wasn't doing very well. So they're like, we can, like, check you out, check your blood sugar and stuff like that. So who's not up for free medical treatment? Who 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 didn't want to go to Washington D.C. and have a blood test? I mean, really? Why not? So I went ahead and took them up on their offer. So Obamacare finally paid off. Finally. But we were okay. Everything's yeah. fine. We get out of there. Good game. Decent ballpark, but definitely number three in the the rankings for the trip. I don't even think it's. Although it's not a bad ballpark, I don't think it really was too comparable to the first two at all. No, there was really nothing that set it apart other than the, the kind of the cool scene walking in. But once you were in there, there really wasn't. Yeah, I would totally agree. So, uh, you guys walked around that night and, uh, saw the Washington monument and did you make it to the white house? We did. We did, but you didn't make it anywhere else. Cause Mr. Sandwich had to go PP. That's right. And but and you and you had pretty much resigned yourself to uh, you had achieved your goal for the day, which was n- not dying at the stadium. Oh yeah, once we got back, it, right to the hotel, I had said, "See you later, DC. We'll we'll catch you next time." And I had hit the uh, hit that queen size bed and pushed power on that remote, and Ole Miss Florida State was was my company for the next three plus hours. Yeah, which, hey, you know what? Not a bad decision on your part at all. No, that was fine. That was my best play at that point. And then after that, a trip came to a pretty uneventful end. We uh, got up the next morning, had the most expensive breakfast known to man. Yeah, the uh, was it a 25 or $30 buffet? Yeah, which wasn't very clearly identified, right? It was the hotel buffet, and it was like, yeah, here, come in here, sit down. You guys doing the buffet? Sure, okay, great. We get a bill for $160 later with five of us. You know, I kind of suspected that's how it was going to turn out, but I didn't know for sure, and I wasn't, you know, I was there, and I, you know, had a couple plates of food, but... uh if I had known what the charge was, not only would I have eaten more, I would have, you know, just kind of pulled my shirt out a bit and just dumped a bunch of scrambled eggs and muffins. You've done the, and, and done the Carl Weathers it. from the Carl Weathers from Arrested Development. Absolutely, I would have taken another fifty bucks worth of food out of there and dumped it in a plastic bag or somewhere to to eat to eat later. Yeah, but had enough to get a stew going later. Maybe so. A nice little stew. So we made it back. I don't know how this uh, 
compares to the other trips for you. The only other one I was ever invited to was the one to Kansas City. This one was better than that because of the multiple cities involved. Well, I feel like you were also on the trip that we went to New York City on, so don't sell yourself short. Ooh, good point. Good point. I was on that one. So, you, so what do you like? Uh, D.C., Baltimore, Pittsburgh, better than the New York, Philly, Boston? Boy, you know, I think I, I think it's hard to say because they were both great trips. But, yeah, I think I do, actually. I think I liked this one a little better. Pretty Pretty close. But, of course, yeah. we had no horseshoe casino experience on New York, Philly, Boston. Boy, that's the truth. And that, that may be what, for me, sets it apart. Maybe so. Just, just that moment. So we got to figure out for next year. I know it's been discussed a little, uh, maybe a little West Coast venture yep. in Cali. And I'm still throwing out this idea of uh, if it works out doing like the a baseball football combo in Arizona where you could do a Friday yeah. Saturday Sunday thing so we'll see maybe a year from now we're doing a year from now we're doing episode 17 on uh on that trip <laughs> but yeah for something that was teased 16 episodes ago I feel like it was it, it more it was more than worth the wait I think so too so I guess uh Moving forward in the coming weeks and months, we are planning on getting back on a regular weekly schedule, and we should have episodes coming out each and every Friday. And if that's not the case, we will get on the Twitter and let everybody know, you know, yeah, we got a I mean, bye week just, or something like that. It's just like my uh, my GI my GI doctor says, you know, it being regular is really important. I think so, and finally. You can serve the listener properly by giving them, providing them with high-quality, handcrafted, regular episodes. Just as long as they don't email me or reach out to me on Twitter, I'll be fine. No, but I'm forwarding this email to you so you can respond to it. Well, I will. All right. Well, do you have anything else? No, I feel, I feel like, uh, man, this may be the longest, the longest continuous episode we've ever done. So well, we've been we've been building up for three weeks, so we're basically just. Go ahead. Exploding into earbuds right now. There it is. Yeah, there you have it. So the ears are ears a weird place, but other than that, I I'm, I support you. <laughs> well, let's get out of here before we make ourselves look any dumb. All right. Well, hopefully we'll be doing this again next Friday. Hopefully.